Hello, my friends, and happy new moon. Happy Aquarius new moon. I am very excited to announce my guest for today's episode, Lauren Merrill. Lauren is a beautiful light worker, an energy healer, aromatherapist, and life coach. Super excited with what she's going to bring to the show today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Ms. Lauren. Thank you so much for being here, Lauren. Hello. Thank you. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me. For everyone listening, we have been hanging out, having such a good time the past few hours. So we are fully loaded. Should we describe our surroundings right now? (laughs) Yeah. Tarot cards, rose quartz, selenite, Lulu. We're Lulu's sitting in the bed, Willy Wonka grandparent style. Yes. <laughs> With a big white comforter. It's a beautiful overcast gray day outside. We have lots of green plants just <laughs> literally circling the bed. So, <laughs> hopefully wherever you are, you're just as relaxed or maybe maybe not as we are. Maybe you're being productive and in transit doing beautiful things but welcome and thank you for being here to tune in thank you for being here lauren thank you so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself why i've invited you to be one of my guests um you can start with you know developmental stuff more recent introduce yourself sure hi well I mean, I think you probably had me on here just because we've connected so much, um, definitely with everything related to spirituality, how we can be our greatest, most incredible versions of ourselves, and um, there's always so much to share right now at this time. I think as much positivity and truth and honesty that we can give to one another, the more transparent we can be, that's really one of the greatest gifts we can offer one another just communication and um, I'm super grateful that we can kind of take some of our really profound conversations uh, outside and share more just by being on this platform so who knows maybe you just wanted me to hang out in your bed I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) like why did you invite me I'm just kidding there's there's a lot you're my Gemini moon sister yes yes Lauren was one of those that I second I met her I'm like okay, this is weird, but I love you. (laughs) I know you did say that. You're like, there are people that I meet. You're one of them. I love you. I was cutting your hair. (laughs) We connect. We have the same um, moon placement, so we kind of have that connection that bonded us um, immediately, but... Yes, and the Gemini moon, like, that kind of ties into a little bit about myself because I found one of my greatest abilities is just being so mentally driven, always asking why, trying to discover new information in the way that I interact with other people. I've always been a huge observer, a huge analyzer, and growing up it was always like, oh, you're looking too deep into that. Ah, no, that's not really there, but it's kind of like, "Mm." Now I see that it's actually been a big gift of mine this whole time where it's really easy for me to tell if someone's being honest, something that they're experiencing that maybe they don't even realize about themselves yet. And I think in terms of these like quote unquote spiritual gifts, it's not really always as esoteric as we think. A lot of it is being very observing 
being very mental and like looking at body language looking at tones of voice looking at eye contact like all of these very direct concepts really that aren't as kind of wild as we think so I really appreciate that presence of being very analytical and in my head because it's really gifted me with um, understanding you know yeah yeah go pretty deep have to come up have to come up for air <laughs> sometimes but um it's really important yeah to be playful and just um really take things lightly at the same time it's all it's all about balance so tell me kind of the early stages of your your first few spiritual steps your early stages of opening yourself up to your spirituality what did that look like mm. Or feel like? Uh, Were you forced into it? Were you curious? No, I've always, always, always been obsessed with, like, fantasy and magic. And as a little girl, it was always, like, books about magic, books about myth, like, anything myth-related. I loved, like, ancient Greece, ancient Egypt. And for me, it began as just seeing these like two worlds that existed um I think we're often like this as a kid too we're just like oh we live in a very ideal world and so for me I would read these books about these girls that had magical gifts and powers and I was obsessed with this one particular series it was called Avalon Web of Magic (laughs) if anyone like if anyone has read that that ends up listening to this they're gonna be like blasting off like holy shit I know exactly what you're talking about but anyway they had these magical abilities to heal, to, you know, like connect with spirit or like telepathy, whatever it is. And growing up, I always just felt so connected to that like otherworldly power of our ability to interact with something divine. And I was like in this state of deep longing, wishing that that existed in our world. And I so badly wanted to be like one of those girls. And then as I got older, I ended up having a lot of disruption with that. And it was hard for me to see like the pain and the suffering and the deep layers of Mm. just the human experience, because I always knew and believed in my heart that we were really powerful beings. So I went through a stage in high school that was really intense, where I began to see like, why are we all in these like loops of (laughs) like suffering when I know that we can kind of project ourselves out of that with these you know powers that we have and ironically I ended up you know yeah going to Reiki doing energy healing getting really deep into spirituality and having my own experiences that matched like those books and those childhood girls and it was like this (laughs) whole crazy full circle experience of being like holy shit like it was real the entire time and we can tap into that and we did also choose like to be human and have this experience and those worlds are actually dual they live together it's not like this inaccessible separate fantasy world that you can only go to like when you dream or when you read a book so um the first (laughs) part of my journey was led by like fantasy and the idea of magic and being really inspired by like the possibilities of Oh, I'm magical too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> I have these gifts. Yeah, and like spells. And I believe spells is just like speaking. And, you know, we cast spells all the time when we're talking. And I've really used that a lot 
in my life recently to really talk more about the things I want more of in my life and really be specific and um conscious with my vocabulary especially when I'm speaking with other people like giving out compliments you can literally see someone's face change and light up and transform and that's magic too you know but well it's all it's all vibrational energy have you read that book um Dr. Emoto's Oh, the, the water. Oh, yes. Yeah. And like the snowflake yeah. geometric. Oh and my gosh. like he'd bless the water and then look at the crystalline structure and then he'd curse at it and say, you know, I hate You're you evil. or fuck you or whatever. Yeah. And then freeze it and look at the crystalline structure or like how it was, you know. Yeah. Humans are mm. same thing. Yeah. They're like responsive the, nature. It's all exactly. energy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I have to say, Lauren is very, very very mindful individual Mm. um actually in our conversation pre-recording today she even was very mindful about (laughs) (laughs) choosing her words very carefully for that specific reason maybe better than I (laughs) so yeah yeah well that's because I care about you too and it's like oh we're talking about this really potent thing and I'm like especially if you're like holding space and really in it for another person like I'm gonna fully be true and only you know allow really wonderful things within our conversation and especially when it comes to honesty I just love yeah I love honest people we had a really beautiful honest conversation which actually can lead me perfectly into a second point of like my spiritual journey which was being a supreme optimist hardcore like my mom raised me on positivity and optimism that also ties a lot with like my mental um being such a mental person and with that I found it's super important to be optimistic and to be yeah positive but also you need to be honest there needs to be that layering of the processing that you go through and so growing up I would often just jump to optimism without truly feeling the the depth yes and now as I've gotten older it's such a gift because I'm like oh it's about honesty and they can, they can go hand in hand. Like, you can have that honest development and then put a positive spin on it, which is, like, the perfect full circle. But you can't be fake and be like, everything's fine. And yeah. you're actually needing that expression to fully come out. And then you can, you know, develop maybe creating, like, what's the purpose of this? But you can't yeah. skip that step, you know? Oh, I f- completely agree. I say it all the time that I don't think the spiritual work is rainbows oh. and sparkles oh and gosh. light and love. There's a lot of really deep shadow work that goes into being a healer and a spiritual individual. But I think eventually what happens is the optimism comes from a more authentic place. Mm, yeah. As you shift your vibrations or whatever, like I've noticed, like I would say I'm always, I've always been optimistic, but there was a time in my life when it what when it didn't come from an authentic place mm. you know maybe i was you know covering it up and i would i knew that optimism was a way to do it or whatever but i think generally i am far more authentically optimistic now even in my struggles even sitting in the dirt which we talked about i am currently um <laughs> i can still find the blessing in that struggle and to me yeah. that is the authentic optimistic way of life i guess yeah yeah, because even in the dirt, 
you know, starting place. It smells good. It's got lots of nutrients. (laughs) (laughs) I think dirt smells good. That's the earth sign. It's good for your immune system. Like, (laughs) grows lotus flowers. (laughs) Right? Like, you can be in the, yeah, and that's, that's having both ways. But, um, absolutely, I totally believe that we grow so much in that, in that darkness. And, I mean, that's a big reason why I do what I do. Like, just having experienced that pain and seeing um in the world around me in my own world and my own dynamics how much support can always be there you know that's like where the passion comes from from the pain and like we were talking about the importance of sharing our message earlier and how each person has a unique message and there's a quote I love which is just that your mess is your message because it's like what what really like hurts you what really pushed you in your life like what made you so upset that you wanted to do something about Mm. it like yeah that's the honesty and like the darkness that then creates and creates like kind of like a mission code like I've always felt like I'm just on a mission and it's because I don't want anyone to have to sink way deeper than they need to you know Mm -hmm. and kind of come back into that remembrance yeah of the spiritual journey so what what do you think has been your biggest struggle in life? Mm. It's a hard one. Yeah, yeah. It's it is and it isn't. It's pretty like it's pretty easy for me, honestly. <clears throat> and it ties a lot with what I was just saying, which is I think the biggest thing that really kind of shook me up and gave me a serious like resilience and spiritual power was um like mental illness and understanding the multi-dimensions of my dad growing up was diagnosed being bipolar and it really affected like with his manic depression it came forward in terms of like money and spending and finances and he just basically spent like our whole family's money and it was really intense and he wound up being off and on homeless while I was growing up like the past really like five years of my life and it really made me realize like the dimensions of people and how what you see there's so much more deeper than the surface of like a diagnosis or like I always just saw so much of my dad's spirit and um chose fully the path of like non-judgment which wasn't Mm, always honestly maybe in in the best because I would get really pulled deep in the depths of his suffering and um at the end of the day though I really like love that about myself because I can really fully understand people and just like be there and listen without that judgment really just give like full love because especially when it's your parent like I was so attached to him and seeing his pain and what he would go through like I would drive him around and like pick him up at places and then like drop him off at like an easy storage that he was sleeping at and being a deeply like empathetic in tune dialed in person holy shit like I would go to bed and just be it would be like vividly Mm -hmm. I would be like in his body imagining what he must be experiencing and it really was um just so intense but that's when I had to start really activating like my power of pulling myself out of being so involved in other people's worlds Mm -hmm. and wanting to change them wanting to help and I just realized it has to begin like with with me you know and um really began a lot of like 
deep diving within myself to remove that um like pain that I felt from his experience (laughs) you know yeah and not let it negatively affect you yeah and I think that's um, a very hard lesson for light workers healers empathic beings they all have to learn that lesson the hard way Mm. unfortunately (coughs) excuse me I have a little tickle in my throat here a little tickle Um. drinking her water (laughs) yeah Um. so I mean that was um that's kind of like a bigger thing when I reflect that was a struggle for me and just learning it's so tied together with like value and honoring myself and knowing like those boundaries and that goes upon then any every avenue of life you know knowing how to stand your ground and knowing how to kind of navigate what's healthy and what isn't that kind of counts just for that's a great skill to have you know I think for a lot of people um you have to learn when your mind is keeping you in prison so to speak totally <laughs> but I guess in some ways that as you say it's suffering and a struggle I'm I'm of course um but it it almost seems like it was easier for you to see that our mind has like we were, like we pulled some tarot cards earlier where you know the wand it, the wand's card is similar to your mind your mind can be a weapon it can mm-hmm. it can be used as a weapon to hurt you or to help you yeah. right and so i think early on you saw like when you said okay my father i see him as my as spirit who's just imprisoned in his mind right now but you saw that right. shining light underneath it all yeah so it was almost like you it was more accessible for you cuz you could see that you had the ability to be imprisoned by your mind Mm -hmm. and you decided not to be because you are a very conscious individual yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like just with everything it's perspective like truly and I have to like thank my mom for gifting me the only advice growing up when we were really young and really beginning to experience like a lot of like quote-unquote turbulence like at home she was just like look you cannot control life but you can control the way it affects you and I mean I was taught that like from childhood and so that's like a huge blessing because she like wired me to have that skill and it's not like like it's a skill like it's a fucking muscle and it's really intense to not just like drown when certain things come forward in your brain and use it instead as like something that can be helpful while still honoring those thoughts that are going to happen and not you know like we said being fake about it but it's all about perspective and it's like truly a way to alter your entire reality and I believe so much in the power of the mind and science now completely can prove it but it still happens all the time like I kind of love not being an eternal optimist and now just being able to like be real about it and then find perspective and the goodness in it like the other day just a small example I was trying to like meditate and I was like oh I really need to do this I'm gonna sit for 30 minutes or an hour and have this time before I go off in my day and my roommate's dog just kept barking and at first I was just like annoyed because I was like oh man I'm I'm kind of distracted <coughs> get it out <laughs> no you're good And I was distracted, and then this thought came through that was just, like, instead be grateful that you can hear. And I was like, whoa, what the, wow. (laughs) Like, you know? (laughs) Like, every moment has that alternate, like, reality that you can go into. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thankful I can hear this annoying bark. Oh, my God. 
did. And I went on later, I got coffee with my friend and I was telling her about that experience because I was like, wow, it was like really deep. I had this moment of being like just shifting into this other space and she was like wow that's so true how many people who are deaf or how many people that have passed would be like I would love to come back just to have that experience of like hearing a dog barking again and just have that simple moment and we just take it completely for granted so that's like a constant reminder for me when I'm really experiencing an emotional depth or something that feels really challenging at the time it's like okay yes I'm gonna honor this but also like what is this here to show me because that's really what's like gotten me through life (laughs) having that that awareness of there's more to this than what meets the eye you know definitely yeah so so what were your first few steps did you start I feel like there's always something, the door that gets opened or the window that you peer through mm-hmm. that opens you into the spirituality. And I think here in the West, a lot of, for a lot of people, it's an asana or yoga practice. I think that's for a lot of people becomes, though I don't think yoga is asana. I mean, it is, but I don't think it's just only asana. But I do think that the yoga asana, which is the yoga postures for those for those that don't know, Um, I think that's the doorway that opens you up to your spiritual development. Mm -hmm. So what was like your, did you start with meditation? Did you you start with taking a yoga class? Yeah. I love like, I love this question. It like takes me back, you know? I feel like (laughs) this is like, I don't know, like 12 years ago or something. You know, when I was like 15 is when like things really started to get real. (laughs) Most people don't start their spiritual evolution at 15. So good job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. Um, So for me, yes, the first door that opened was actually like affirmation. Yeah. And positive Hmm. mantras and using thoughts. So what I would do, because I always loved writing. I've always been like really creative. I would write down um, everything that I wanted to like actually feel. And I would actually find it like through Google. Like I remember I would type in like affirmations for confidence. And then it would be like, I am incredibly beautiful and powerful you know whatever and I would kind of like edit them Mm, you are (laughs) and I would edit them and then like write them down and this is what I tell people about affirmations too it's kind of like the power of the spoken word and like you don't even have to believe it because at the time I would write down all these affirmations and the ways that I wanted to feel and I did not feel like this was like early spiritual journey I did not feel those ways whatsoever I was like really deep struggling and at 15 female most are yeah, <laughs> yeah right yeah. We're, we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly what is happening <laughs> right you're just like what is going on I know oh my gosh so much but um yeah and I would just always tell myself I know this is happening for a reason it isn't clear right now but it will be and I would just like repeat these affirmations I was like how I would meditate I would sit and um like repeat them in my head And then as I got older, I would start saying them out loud or just praying, honestly. Like, I would go out into the woods in the backyard, and I'd think this one tree that I would sit against and just say all these words. And I remember at one point just being like, this is so stupid. Like, this is so annoying. Like, is this even really doing anything? And I really believe that that was beginning to just, on a physiological level, like, I didn't realize it mentally, Ebola, but just through having that, like, frequency coming in, it was, like, slowly beginning to adjust me, Uh and it was not even 
like I couldn't even tell it was like beyond perception and then now that I look back I see how that was like a big part of me beginning to like unravel and kind of tap in just through like repeating over and over and over again these like conditioned new beliefs even though I didn't believe them which I think is important for people to know that you don't have to like be perfect you know when you begin or think that it's even like working you should have to try and like keep going and keep trying but um that was like it'll get in your vibratory field yeah because eventually it was kind of like one day everything um began to feel more accessible and more um like ease to have those beliefs and the things that then conflicted with those affirmations were easier to identify like if I was in a relationship that was like completely not honoring me or maybe like making me feel insecurities and just not good for me it was like so easy to then kind of see like ugh, this is not this is actually not aligning whatsoever just because like how can I sit and like say all these things and then actually experience something different in the everyday world so it's not that like my life changed I just began better at being able to identify what wasn't feeling like the way I I wanted it to you know and uh definitely like deep prayer I would then start asking I met like a really amazing person who kind of like blasted me open with um understanding that like spirit guides are real and that there are presences that are here that are very much so within this realm that want to help us and you must ask for assistance and I began to then like really deep dive with believing kind of like what we were saying earlier about like these magical other beings like I began to see that that was tangible and real and I think it whether people believe in that or not it gave me like a light beacon like it just gave me it doesn't matter it's like the placebo effect like who really who really cares at the end of the day if it's like helping you completely see a new reality that's much healthier and you know more joyous than like I'll take it yeah and that was kind of um Faith. Two big things. Yeah, faith. Yeah, totally. Do you still do affirmation work? Yeah, now I kind of just create, like, fun little mantras for myself or, like, for the day. But um, now I um actually will... More of my meditations have now turned into, like, talking to myself or talking, like, out loud to spirit then. Like, <laughs> you my heard one... my recording. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah like I'm a big believer in um I wake up and I kind of say out loud like thank you for xyz all the things that I want to experience that day and I honor the things that I love about myself and once again it's kind of like that quote-unquote like fake it till you make it energy where it's like I don't know how my day is going to go ultimately but I like to wake up and be like oh it was so amazing how I drank my coffee and then I walked outside and I was breathing the air and when I had this conversation with this person we both were left feeling so inspired and like I just go for it and I just like scroll through and my day is always different when I do that Mm. way different so it's kind of like I've just learned through the years I've observed when I'm conscious and kind of put some effort into creating my experience how different things are as opposed to when I just like wake up and walk out the door and I just let life kind of hit me (laughs) with like whatever it wants you know yeah try it wake up in the morning and say today I'm gonna have a great day or today is going to be a great day yeah guarantee you'll have a great day yeah yeah 
Exactly. And even if you have the hardest day of your life, you'll see greatness in that hardship. Just for that morning mantra. Because it's like what defines great. Like once again, with that perceptive shift, it's kind of like something could happen to you during that day. It doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect day, but it means that you're choosing exactly to see something great within it. And we always have something. You always always have that choice. Yes. If you even tasted your food, if that's the only thing that you can pull from the day, like it still happened. And I know this actual, this will even sometimes be annoying to some people, this like belief system, because I know it can be really challenging sometimes to find anything anything good in what you're experiencing but it's that like return to the basics of like we're here yeah you know yeah (laughs) that can be like really potent to remember so wow yeah I love like thinking back because I think it's so important to go back to like the beginning of those steps because I think sometimes you become so just like concrete in who you are that it's it's so therapeutic to go back and like remember oh my gosh yeah yeah and just like my my whole journey with like doing reiki and being a coach like those were all things that I really wanted at one time and then it's it's so nice to sit and like give some recognition because I think especially in our world we become very forward focused very visionary very much so focused on accomplishments and everyone needs to take a moment to just be like whew there's a lot here that I once wished for mm-hmm. you know and rather than being like what's next it feels really good to just just sit with it mm-hmm. it's a big thing I've been really wanting to bring more of into my life like personally just really recognizing and like celebrating life as it is right now Mm -hmm. rather than what still like hasn't happened yet I just think that's so crazy at the end of the day but we do it all the time you know well yeah (laughs) I mean if you're if you're chasing happiness that's an endless chase you'll always be you know waiting for the next thing to bring you happiness the next goal the next thing that you achieve that you want to but that's an endless chase yeah stop yeah Yeah. exactly yeah that was that was a hard lesson for me to learn in my 20s Mm. I was always like seeking the next thing to make me super happy you know yeah without just being truly grateful for just being just letting it (laughs) right just being yeah and how beautiful it is just to be but but that's, I think that's a hard one for a lot of people. I think that we live in a society that's structured with seeking happiness. Mm-hmm. When you've achieved this, when you have this, when you earn this, then I'll be happy, right? Right. It's this like Once constant I do this, acceleration. Then I'll be happy, but you'll never achieve that. That's like chasing after that, you know, carrot on a string that you'll never catch. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. totally. Just be happy with, yeah, how far you've come how much work you've done, how much more you get to do. <laughs> yeah, trust me, slow your roll. There's a lot come, There's a lot to come, a lot to be excited for. <laughs> Don't need to go chasing it. In one of our conversations before, not today, but we have talked about finding in every day, just the little, in just being, just the little bits of magic. Mm. And I think once you really appreciate just being, 
more of those magical moments start to appear yes yeah and that's something I love like I make that a mantra of mine all the time like that like child consciousness and that like wonder and awe because if you're truly like tapped in and appreciating nature and just the natural parts of being alive you can't like not you can't unsee like it's everywhere there's always those little slices of magic and like one of my favorite things is like little dew drops or like when you know when the sun like beams and you see like the halo beams coming oh my god it's always the thing for me like I'll be having the best moment and when I look and see that it's just like yeah yeah and yeah there's there's so much you know there really is when you start to like look around and when you make that your method of focus where you do seek like what if we seek more of those moments rather than seeking these like big event-based experience like plateaus that come with like you said it's just societal structure and like the acceleration of evolution all these things we need to have or do or be to have value when really that's complete like bullshit I really do believe it's all held within like our experience that happens within within the mind within our perspective within seeing the light rather than you know the absence of it it's pretty it's pretty powerful and you have to think too even just in the world we live in now with like technology and things are always just like developing and it's always about like promoting and having a bigger better flashier oh my god I know yeah it's like it's a lot it's a lot for people to catch up on and to just live within and it it makes me really like take a step back and I often tell people like be a bit gentler on yourself because I don't think we even realize what kind of world we're living in right now like it's so subtle and we've just like kind of grown up in it but it is like my friend said something so freaking wise the other day shout out Katie if she's listening to this and she was just like you know we're like the experimental generation like this is like experimental times no one gave me this cell phone and gave me a manual and my developing like my developing brain when I mean I don't know she was probably in her you know we were like in our teens often when we get a cell phone and we have access to this whole world of beliefs and ideas and imagery and opinions and there's just um, so much that I think we don't realize is coming in and that we're intaking mm. on a very Stimuli. deep, yeah, yeah really yeah. stimulated, like on a deep level. And so having these um, practices, like whether it's meditation <laughs> or whatever, it's it's really important to stay grounded. Mm-hmm. That's like the one thing I think is most important right now, being grounded, because there's just so much. It's like a big soup, like we're just in a big circulating energy soup of so much and Mm -hmm. you know it's a big deal to even just be like making it through it on a yeah (laughs) on whatever level that means yeah 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 we're the first generation the only generation I'll say that I guess maybe not for you know yeah for you too but um that that we grew up with no technology and technology (sighs) this is like one of my favorite topics like I grew up without a computer right I mean my parents were a little bit different we didn't watch tv growing up but like but I grew up without a computer my niece and nephews 
all under 10, know far more about how to work oh, yeah. the technology than we do because they grew up with it. Right. They're, they're already, you know, into technology. But our, you know, we, we used to play outside <laughs> in the soil like, like you're right but yeah now. we're the only generation that that had both a world without mm. technology and a world with technology and it's interesting to see the how quickly the technological world has advanced and evolved and I think it's great I think yeah. I think it's great how much information we have access to you can literally teach yourself anything on the internet. Right. You could learn. You have a question. You could learn anything. Yeah. Make sure your sources are valid. Val- <laughs> right. Valid. Use discernment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do also think that you know there is a negative aspect to it as well. I right. think it's disconnecting us from other beings because we're always on the screen. Right. And that inner technology, like. Mm-hmm. That's really how I view the brain too, where it's like, how can you receive the signals of your emotional realms or something's wrong or your intuition's telling you something when like, oh wait, but like, I just had that notification pop up and now I'm like in a completely different world yeah. and I've been distracted. Like it can really remove us from that sensory Definitely. part of us. Definitely. And, um, it does disconnect you from your inner world a lot more. Yeah. I've so actually, it's like choice, you know? More I've tissues. actually wanted... I don't know how bold and rude and daring this is, but I want to make a rule. Please don't wear an eye watch in my yoga classes <laughs> because I can't tell there you. There you go. Like, you wouldn't bring a cell phone into your yoga class. Like, you cannot bring a cell phone into your yoga class. Why are people checking their notifications mm. on their eye watch? Do you know how many times that happens in a week? That blows my mind, but it, it doesn't. That's I never even thought about that because I forget that. When Apple their iWatches go thing. off, they go down and look oh. at it, checking emails. But you I would... mean, I guess you said you love to joke in your classes. You could always pull like a, and lift the neck away from the phone, distracting you. <laughs> you could like hit I a little joke in there. I haven't. That's so crazy. I haven't stated that rule yet, but I. I mean, that's I very understandable. To. That's you looking out for their. That's their time. I mean, someone goes to yoga. That's like their time, probably out of the whole day, and it kind of can get a little bit watered watery what's that mean like diluted mm-hmm. diluted mm-hmm. yeah that's so yeah wow yeah that must be kind of what happened the first time you saw someone do that where you're like oh shit we have it on our wrists now I didn't even think about that yeah <laughs> and I can't I mean I should actually count and see how many eye watches throughout all the classes I teach throughout a week to see do how many tally. eye watches <laughs> Um, make it into yoga class and when a notification goes off they they do look but you don't bring your cell phone into class right you know yeah because it's the you're right it's your time it's your time and Um, I I yeah and I agree with you I think it's it's powerful that we have like access to this I think it's like great times to be alive and I also think it's really special for you and me and the very like end cusp of that generation that remembers both because it makes us like bridges because I look at these young children I'm like holy crap we need to like lead them like we remember like I grew up in a really beautiful like townhouse neighborhood where we're all like it's kind of like a community truly we're all next door to one another like right on each other's butts and my brother and I would go play in the woods Miss Cheryl across the street would whistle for us to come home 
and it was like pure like that's like when I have this vision of childhood in that sense for me it was Mm -hmm. like perfect and then we would go home and like play our N64 later that day like we had it was like Mm -hmm. the it was all beginning to come out and like we got a computer and we showed my dad how to make a space because he didn't know how and it was like I remember learning cursive and my teacher was like you will always submit every paper in your future using cursive and then it never happened it's that's how quickly like no one could see kind of I think the development anymore well I heard I was talking with someone about this they said they don't teach cursive but they're bringing it back maybe because they found that it's really good for your brain to um create those like loops and to learn that art I love cursive. I write in like I, I write too. in cursive usually. I do too. Probably because I took it so seriously that they said that to me. Yeah. They're like, you will only write in cursive. Then I'm typing assignments by like you know sixth grade. And it's like what the fuck. So my undergraduate <laughs> degrees in elementary teaching. Is it? So so, te- so student teaching in the early 2000s, they did teach cursive. Wow. But I heard from a student within the last year that her son um, did does not know how to <sighs> read or write cursive because oh it's gosh. not being taught in the schools. I haven't heard that it's coming back. I do hope that it is Could be. Back. I mean, who knows? That was literally one person. Maybe I hope, it's not. I hope that it does, yes. Yeah. But it's heartbreaking to hear that these young kids don't know how to write in cursive. The capital Q looks like it's a It's a two. fun thing. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't miss learning how to draw that J or the uppercase, the uppercase J or Q. But they have a pretty fast typing words per minute. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, gosh, it's like, there's two sides to every coin. I used to be really like anti, like, you know, kids should not be playing video games as much as they are and yada, yada, yada. But really, also like video games can be really imaginative and mm-hmm. visual and take you on these really important like progressive um you know thought loops and it's mm-hmm. good to kind of tap into those other spaces and have that time away but like with everything we were saying earlier it's like about that discernment and like knowing how often you're stepping into those places and are you out in nature? Like, are you still paying attention to yourself? Like, I kind of have, like, a 50-50 theory. And this is just for me because, like, we are involved in being in service to, like, others. But if you, and this is only my opinion, but I really truly feel like if you want to really feel the most connected and in tune, it's like you need to have a 50-50 rule of intake and, um, like, expression. Like, so... If I'm out in the world, I'm, like, working, talking with people, listening to music, walking around, or, you know, watching a video on YouTube, that's me, like, taking in information and interacting with the world around me. Uh-huh. So I'm in, like, absorption mode. I'm, like, a sponge to all of these ideas and parts of the world. And then the other 50% of the time, though, I need to fully be, like, within myself. I need to make time for writing or dancing or, like, communicating with people I love or listening to music that makes me feel good or meditating and just being completely in a place of going within with the intention of discovering more about myself and gaining new information because otherwise you just feel lost as shit yeah there's so much like just there's so much swaying and so much um ability to be kind of guided by forces that aren't 
necessarily your own you know yeah energy and your own choice and I mean 50 50 is like pretty aggressive like how do you you know you kind of have to hermit half of the time and I certainly don't abide by this rule but you know every day but it's like my goal and the way I like to look at things of like that's my way of staying stable and um grounded it's like me making that time for myself even if it's just those five minutes in the morning or even if you're walking around maybe you just like look at a tree and like have a nice moment of coming back to the present and putting your phone in your pocket like we need to it's 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 not even a question anymore we like have to have those moments you know for our own development we have have to connect yeah it's like mandatory now it's not like it'll be nice it's so new age this is evolutionary shit that you have to do to stay sane but the way our society is we feel guilty for taking we feel wrong for taking time it's selfish to be in self-care when it's required yes you know i read gosh i can't cite where i read this this was a few years back but it was when i was kind of going through again training um that talks a lot about the parasympathetic nervous system and and the um the article said that in order for us to thrive as individuals Mm -hmm. as human beings we have to be in the parasympathetic nervous system for seven eighths of our waking state that's impossible Oh, wow. I'm like 50-50, I wish. Uh, yeah, 50-50 seemed that real. Great. That seemed up there. But yes, wow. in our waking state, so when we're not asleep, when we're awake, we have to be in the parasympathetic for seven-eighths of our of our day. Which is like rest Which and digest. Rest and digest, longer exhales, not producing stress Ooh. chemicals through the body. Right. Because... We have, you know, the cortisol that's being pumped through this is is toxic for us. Yeah. But we now, and we move, and our our society is so demanding, we go faster, we achieve more, we need more instant gratification, therefore we're having more cortisol production, we're having more stress, more sympathetic, less parasympathetic. Mm. I mean, I live a relatively basic life. I teach yoga and lay in my bed. That's kind of my life. And I'm not even in the parasympathetic state for seven-eighths of the day. And I So that shows what other people... How really impossible it is. It's impossible. So 50-50, I, I love that. Yeah. I hope for that. I wish. It's like a beacon that you kind of have to look at of just to be even analyzing you know where you're at and the thing is that could include your sleep though like hey that could include being really mindful when you fall asleep and saying I can't wait to go to sleep tonight and just fully rest allow every cell of mine to just completely regenerate and go into this really beautiful state and my dreams are going to be awesome I'm going to like take in all the information that I need from we talked about this earlier from the dream world integrate lessons into my being and wake up refreshed like do that for yourself like you can do that and inform your body what to do when you go to bed and that's like you know six seven hours maybe for some people four five hours that you truly maybe are accessing those places even though your waking world is just boom 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 just being infiltrated with stress you know and like holy shit we could do that 
and ignoring the inner sensations. Yeah. I love that, Lauren. 50-50 input-output. Gosh. Input-output. Yeah, you, that's like you my favorite. Give, you give yourself as much time to to investigate your inner world as you do the outer world. But Yeah. And you're so right. We like produce and we try to be so busy and not take the time because we're taught to think that that means that we're not honoring other people or doing what we need to do. But like, I always think of this example. I worked, I'm also an esthetician and I worked at this spa back home in Maryland and I would get moms all the time who would come in like maybe once a year with a gift card and these incredible mothers who every single moment of their life, they were being mothers to their children, working, cooking, tasking, driving around, supporting all the things. And they would say, this is so nice. Gosh, I would love to do this more. But like, even right now in this moment, I really I feel, feel anxious bad. and yeah. I feel really bad that I'm not like with my child. And this would be like grown teenagers, even sometimes like their kid would be like a 17 year old daughter or something. And I would say, I, it really hit me one time. I was like, well, you know, you're actually setting like this is one thing my mom taught me too. It's like live by example. And you, you actually see love through how someone acts, not what they say at all. People can say whatever they want. But it's really when you're parenting, it's about what you're showing them, what kind of lifestyle you're giving. And to me, it was like, well, you say to your daughter, oh, I'm going to the spa. And then she receives that lesson of, oh, wow, look, my mom's like taking an hour out of her day to do something for herself and she is going to recognize that that's important because then mom's going to come home and she's going to be like in a really great mood and it's going to be felt that she has weight off of her shoulders and that's going to inspire the daughter totally the daughter isn't gonna maybe they are sitting there thinking like damn my mom's away but you know what I swear she'll come back and you'll see that that was a really beautiful moving moment for her taking the time for herself and especially for those givers of the world who are really burnt out I know it seems like the last thing to take that moment for yourself but it's mm-hmm. so important yeah you know? yeah like, truly even more so for parents oh my gosh yeah yeah but I mean all individuals but yes right. more so for parents and I think that guilt I hear a lot of it a lot in, of in an hour yoga class or a 90 minute yoga class parents or individuals saying oh, I wasn't productive for that hour, mm. therefore there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Right. And I think the guilt's even worse for parents. I had that discussion this morning in my class with a mother and a father that they were like, I haven't practiced in eight months because I have kids. Well, but it, that's not good, you know? Yeah. Like, you're, you're ch- showing the child that self-care or self-value is not important absolutely and it might seem like you're physically you know showing up but I think the irony is how like everything really is the ripple effect and it's it's so subtle and like what about maybe that hour didn't seem productive but maybe it kept them from like snapping at their spouse later that night like who knows like yeah it's it's so beyond what we realize the need for that yeah like the need for that balance and I'm even a very, like, yeah, quote-unquote mindful person, and I will get so hard on myself sometimes about my, like, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, and it's just, like, this go, go, go rush energy, and I have to, like, 
really it takes a lot of attention for me to fully recognize like that that's not actually very productive of me to feel that way and I become much more like creative and motivational when I'm like taking the time to actually feel into my experience and my emotions and be really honest about it because even admitting and talking about these things is so crucial like everyone needs to kind of stop the illusion of having it all together because truly everyone is having their own experience of uh, hardship yeah yeah it's hard it's yeah yeah it's hard it's like just say that it feels feels better hard life's really hard and the (laughs) spiritual journey is really hard it's not easy well it's deep it's layered you know it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't choose any other way but it's definitely um, more multi faceted you know and you kind of can't once you once you commit to like growth and truth and seeing through the layers of um yeah definitely like those societal structures it can be that's kind of like what I was saying about my journey in high school it was kind of like I entered this like dark like conspiracy theoried which actually was all true like at the time I thought conspiracies was like oh our food is like poisoned you know it is it's like (laughs) right so it's yeah yeah oh it's perfect um it's we were looking at the time (laughs) the food being poisoned is perfect no um (laughs) but (laughs) yeah it's like I I got this really hard dose of truth and it was um a lot for me to like process and that's ultimately why I'm so passionate though about helping other people because it's like it's it's that choice of like awakening of wait there is there are ways to alleviate this and there are like tools that we have and we need to focus on these things rather than the distractions because once you do that life actually does feel easier it's like the negligence of um the choice I feel like that we have and like that that suffering can feel so um hard but I think if we all just were more honest and like hey we're on this together how can we like do something about this how do you feel today like truly it it really brings relief you know so um yeah yeah it's it's true it's like once you kind of have that clear vision it can feel um pretty (laughs) pretty deep but um it's it's necessary and it's important so rewarding and it's it's really cool to be alive right now and see that so many people are now like seeking this different way of doing things because we're we're seeing that the trajectory we're on isn't sustainable people are really not doing well (laughs) right you know and and our planet as we are in relationship with her is not doing well because humankind is not overall doing well yeah and she shows us like the regenerative power that everything has and that faith is like truly nature's essence too to kind of weave it back into what we were saying earlier where it's like growing towards the light resiliency like plants growing through cement like when there's a will there's a way that's kind of what I believe most, you know. I don't want to sound too cynical, though, because <laughs> I do, I do think that we. I agree with you that we're in a really important and powerful time right now because we're looking at 
the structures, the containers that we've built that are not serving and we're breaking them down and yeah. finding a new way of being. And what that's doing is it's leading to a collective conscious raising, rising. All yeah. together, we're all individually doing the work, therefore collectively doing the work. And big shifts, big mm-hmm. changes are happening. Yeah little by little but there there are major major shifts happening so while I do think that you know humankind is struggling I do see that it is a powerful and positive time because we're changing right and individually and collectively too yeah um hopefully it's not too late though for the our earth mama earth mama She's laughing at us, though. She's like, you humans are funny, because I would be okay. (laughs) You guys. She's like, I'm chilling. I'm just going to push you guys out, but but I'm going to be okay, because I'm good about that regeneration. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you do learn so much from nature and from observing, you know, the patterns, because it really is, like, this is the natural order of things, and... Gosh, I mean, there's so many concepts that just, like, blow my mind about, like, destruction and creation and, like, fires that only certain plants come forward from because the soil has, like, been heated to this certain temperature. Like, wow, there are so many, yeah, there's so much wisdom and so many lessons in connecting with looking at what's real, which is, yeah, that which was there before us and this planet that we live on and absolutely it will be okay and I think the more we can pay attention to those lessons um that's also a huge learning curve of finding our own uh just ability to like see ways to transcend it Mm -hmm. you know transcend these quote-unquote like plague-like vibes that some people really like connect strongly too. I mean, you can choose that route or you can choose the route of creativity and creating solutions, you know. But that's a whole nother that would well, be a whole nother podcast right there. <laughs> they are one and the same. There it's just the polar emotion. Fear mm. is just the polar emotion. Um every emotion has a polar opposite. You have the choice. Um I'll give an example. I don't know if you know me well, but I'm a very shy person. I'm very introverted. Mm. And um, I have a great fear of being vulnerable and speaking in public. Mm. Yet my occupation is to be vulnerable and speak in front of people I don't know. That was a huge (laughs) stepping over my own shadow that I had to do. And, um, wow, yeah, you and like I lead a class with your voice, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember at one point I said, okay, I can use this fear as fear and be scared and let it keep me small and timid and have stomach pains and all that, or <laughs> I can use this fear as excitement and allow it to empower me to be greater, and, um, Still often, this is a kind of a, a secret, I get, I am nervous before every yoga class that I teach. Aww, yeah. Um, wow. 
But I wouldn't change it because I know that what I'm doing is I care, therefore I'm nervous because I want to give everybody a really good experience, which is why I get nervous because Mm, I care so much. Right. And I remember when I started teaching, I said the second I stop being nervous is the second I stop caring and that's not a good thing. Wow. So now I use that fear as energy for fuel as excitement and energy to propel myself. And um, I about... Gosh, was it two years ago now? Oh my goodness, time flies. Two years ago now, um, a student of mine, Amanda, a beautiful being, she asked me to speak on a panel um, here in Portland about aligned success Mm. because she knew my story of being financially successful to financially very unsuccessful to now having a simple but safe life and she found my story impactful because i i took the opposite route of success like i make enough to be considered poverty (laughs) but i feel more successful now than when i was in the higher tax bracket the highest tax bracket right so that's what she invited me to come speak about anyway sorry tangent there but no i I, that's that's but powerful for weeks leading up to that, I was so incredibly nervous. Back to when I first started teaching again, and the butterflies, the stomach pain started coming back. The, you know, and then I'm like, wait a second, here isn't my opportunity to face my fears again. Use that as energy, and I don't think I did a great job, but whatever. I'm hard on myself, but <laughs> but I remember being in that moment where I'm like, I'm gonna choose to work with this energy, this polar energy of fear, fear is not going to keep me small because very easily I could have called and said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Right. You know, could have back, could have said no, could have backed out, but I faced the fears and used that as energy and fueled me and propelled me and, um, allowed me the platform to have a voice. Um, random oh. long tangent, but what I, my point was that every emotion has a polar right? Love, hate, fear, right? And so you can use that energy and spin it. And okay, so you hate, you hate love and hate. Okay. So like you can learn, you can spin it to the polar opposite, right? So that fear became excitement. I was excited and it empowered me. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, that's such, I love that point of like, if you weren't nervous, that would I mean, I stopped caring. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to deliver, you care so much about having this, like, really, you know, the capability of, like, a job well done in that arena. So if you just walked in, like, ah, I do this a million times, like, ah, everyone get it, you know, get set up. Like, that's not, that just is so true. It shows how much you care. And yeah, it's like this um, pendulum, like, even with, like, mental like the hermetic philosophy of like mental alchemy and transmutation it's like every thought and yet every mental part of us it's actually just on the same pole yes and it can then be switched so I love that you make that about emotions too because that's like now the part of my life that I'm entering into but it's just like even the thought of you know oh it's raining out like it just yeah there's there's so many you just have to switch the opposite end of the pole and see that actually within every thought or emotion there is like a counter part of it which is much more 
like energy giving to dwell on that space rather than the depleting nature of the other side of absolutely the so like, yeah yes I'd much rather be excited by fear by being pushed rather than feeling defeated by like my nerves and to keep you in sounds better to keep you in your safe comfort zone yeah yeah but there's a there's a time and a place yeah to safely safely step outside of the comfort zone you have to be safe when doing so yeah, it's a very good um, Yeah. I will say, though, the only re- the, the reason why I feel that way is because my first yoga class very... No, very, <laughs> very much changed my life. Oh, wow. Um, that you attended or that you taught? That No, that I attended. Oh. My first yoga class um, in Shavasana... I said to myself while crying, welcome home, mm. because it was the first time I actually felt at home within myself. And that yoga class was so profound, that first shavasana was so profound and changed my life that I walked out of that class, still crying, and said <laughs> to myself, I just, um, I just found something that I'm going to have a lifelong relationship with. Mm -hmm. I just found something that is very passionate for me. So that's why I care so much. And you know, every Shavasana, when I wake them up from Shavasana, I say, beautiful beings of light, welcome home to yourself. Because Mm -hmm. I said that to myself, my first Shavasana. So if you've ever taken my class and you wonder why I say that, that's why. (laughs) Um, She's bringing it back to... It gets even better. so So... After that, I read my horoscope that night, and yes, years later, now I'm an astrologer, which is pretty funny, but I read my horoscope that night, and it said, today was a powerful day because you found something that you're going to have a lifelong relationship with. Wow. That was September, that was um, March 11th, which mm, is... Coming up. Is my, it is my rebirthday. I celebrate it every year. Rebirthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember I wrote down that horoscope. I clipped it out. It's in one of my journals. And oh my it was God. like, it was like today you hit something. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said like you, you hit something so profound that it's going to change the direction of your life or is, you're going to have a relationship with it or whatever. The yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. So I, so that's wh- that's why I care. Therefore, that's why I get nervous. And I yeah. did say the second you don't get nervous before a class, you better check yourself, girl, because your ego's gotten in the way or something, <laughs> or you stop caring, or you're doing it for the wrong reasons or whatever. Aww, that's so sweet. I yeah. love that about you. That's a really really valid point, and that makes me feel better about all the things that I get Fear? nervous about. <laughs> Fear? Welcome! I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it just shows, um, once again, it's that, like, flip in awareness of just, like, oh my gosh, these can coexist. And yeah. it's okay. Like, there's a lot of teachings on just, like, pushing and trying to delete these things from our being. And it's like, yeah, yeah. good luck. You're not going to not... Those things exist. It's just a matter of, like, welcoming them yeah and creating a different dialogue of that relationship with it yeah like, not letting it like keep you small. I, I can't imagine I don't know how it's it's possible to not feel fear like I really love the ideas around like fear is your friend I want fear like I love that I can travel and sense a little bit of fear behind me and look and be aware and it gives me my like animal hair raising and instincts like we want fear we want that intelligence like 
that's a really good quality of being aware of your surroundings of not getting in too deep you know and just kind of like you said with the comfort zone even like not diving too deep that it can be like harmful because we're just in impulse mode right our fear is there to protect us everything in our body you know is there to have a protective benevolent quality to it and so it's kind of like neglecting or suppressing those things when they surface isn't really doing you any favors so that's nice it's like a nice relationship I really love that of like oh I'm nervous great like I (laughs) I care a lot I really care (laughs) I'm even gonna throw up I'm so nervous There was there was a lot of that when I, when I first started teaching. It took me years. After I got certified, it yeah. took me a few years to be able to teach. And there was there was some throwing up. But I had a, I had an office job and um I would teach at night. And days leading up to it, I would I mean I hold the stress and my weak spot in my body is my digestion, but I would be sick to my stomach of nerves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go back to that. That wasn't yeah. so great. <laughs> that wasn't so great. <laughs> it wasn't the um, best of times. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I think you kind of answered it a little bit earlier, but what, uh, a question I, ha- I have for you would be, what would be one book that really changed your life? Would it be Avalon? Oh, or do you have a book? Oh, I love books. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so what was a book that changed okay. your life? Actually, or... this was my, ugh, this was kind of, this was kind of wild to share because it's not really the most like, it's okay. <laughs> the most, um, no, it's perfect. Yeah. So I loved, I loved Avalon Web of Magic. That was the series. So if you have any little kids gift that to them. And then there's this other book called, Embraced by the Light by Betty J. Edie, and it's a near-death experience book. Totally unpopular. Totally fucking random. Love really the name like of ugly it. cover. Oh, that's terrible. Not ugly, but like just, it's 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 not there to be flashy. Like it's just like a real book. And um, so growing up when we were like experiencing a lot in the family, my mom, I feel like when she didn't know like what to tell me, like she kind of had that like, damn, I don't even know what to do. Like she would always take me to our local Barnes and Noble and that was like my place and it was one of those times where a book would just it would pick me kind of thing where Mm. that was like my gift like books definitely developed me completely and still do it's like a good bridge for me but um I went this one particular day when I was young and this book I saw it and it just like totally just I just felt like I needed to read it and it ended up being a huge like the be- beginning of my path kind of my spiritual journey really altered a that lot one, for me embrace mm-hmm. the light embraced by the light embraced yeah because it's light. all about her near-death experience what she learned on the other side which was more so about the symbolism of just appreciating this life and there's a lot of really beautiful concepts in there that seemed really radical to me at the time and I never even heard of such a thought and like one of them was um the idea that we like choose our families and we choose our ancestral yes, contracts like through this yes sp- yeah like spirit contracts and I remember reading that and being like whoa because like that just seemed so wild to me but um that book was really beautiful if anyone's curious they can read that and then um more recently I really love the four agreements 
yeah. by Don Miguel Ruiz. That's like a game changer. Well, that's so funny. Before we recorded, I was going to ask you if you'd read any Don Miguel Ruiz. I have a few. Ooh, yeah, that's the only Mastery one I've read. Mastery of Self, Mastery of Love. The Love one I kind of like scanned through, but it didn't really like Mastery pique of self. my interest in the same way. Mastery of Self <laughs> is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. I'll have yeah. to borrow it. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. Yeah. For me, I think... I could f- talk books all day. I know. All day. Okay. I'm about to read this one called, um, ooh, the, 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 I can't remember. Yeah. Wow. Can't remember. I just got it for Christmas. Well, um, yeah, you do have something with books because Lauren's very magical because I was telling her, I was like, oh yeah, I'm reading this really good oh. book. And she straight up turns to me and goes, oh, is it that book? And got it completely correct. <laughs> so yeah, you're a little yeah. book genie. <laughs> book genie. And I was like, oh, the subtle body. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, for me, my... Oh, I was, oh, was there's like a hair. Okay. Um, for me, the book that really catapulted my spiritual development um was was gift was um recommended to me from a dear friend it was um power of now and new earth mm. the eckhart toll books you read eckhart toll not really oh girl I you're know. gonna borrow those too they're that, big it's like a big one that sure. i think every person i give you a phone call yeah. that i think every every person on the spiritual path should read because yeah. Eckhart has a really interesting way of explaining our mental conditioning and calling it pain body mm. and how we can't live in the now because we're living in our pain bodies, which don't allow us to live in the now in a way. Right. But that the power of now, you read it, the power of now and then a new earth was the one that really changed the way I processed information in my brain. Wow. And I decided not to be a prisoner of my thoughts from that book. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a huge leader within the realm of all of those Definitely. developmental books. And I always meant to... I was meant to read them, but I probably had like all the stacks of other books that I was reading. That, um... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's going to bother me. What? This this book. Oh, the book. The seven the seven waves of volunteers. The seven It's waves all about of basically volunteers? like star seeds and how the people that come to Earth in order to like make change. What oh my god, that is so author? funny. Before we recorded I was like it. Is she gonna get weirded out if I call her a star seed? Does she even know oh, what that no, is? Fully. And then you and then you oh, bring I'm, up star seed. Oh my gosh. This is why so I love you, Lauren. I know. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Seven waves of... Oh, yeah, I've always... When I was little, I used to cover up my nose, and I thought I looked weird with a nose, and I should just have two slits in my face. Like, what an alien concept. <laughs> and I would I would stand there with my hand, like, covering... I'd be like, yep, much better. <laughs> like, I didn't like how noses looked. How freaking ridiculous. The what three... What ears? Ears, I never really, you know, really dabbled with. I didn't care too much about them. <laughs> the three waves of volunteers in the new earth by Dolores Cannon. Yes. And it talks about oh, there's there's so much. Yeah, next time we chat we'll get all in we should go we all a into that. We're gonna have a Lauren Merrill season. podcast episode <laughs> two and three and four. nine. <laughs> yes. Um 
I know you have a phone call you have to get to, so we'll begin to wrap up shortly, but I wanted you to kind of let everybody, talk everybody through what an energy session with you would look like. Like what, what if someone was like, God, I really want to get some energy work for X reason, whatever right. reason, walk us through what that would look like or feel like or be like. Sure. Well, there's definitely energy work and coaching. A lot of the times they cross some. I will always apply like talking into the beginning of a session because I want to fully have you speak out what you want to create and like adjust or release or receive whatever it is for your session. So I'll usually begin talking for about anywhere between five to 15 minutes, depending on how long our session is. And Often, um, I've been lately just doing purely like virtual healing and virtual sessions. So it kind of depends whether we're in person and or we not. were bad mouthing technology. I know. See, there's right? a benefit. Connect. You have an oh, energy we weren't work. bad mouthing. <laughs> we were observing all the spheres. We were fifty yes, fifty. We were fifty fifty-ing <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I know. No, it's 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 incredible. And I used to kind of be on the fence about doing that. I used to say I'll never do like remote work and lo and behold it's very true it works the same exact way but um yeah yeah, an energy work session would be dedicated to that and then a lot of my power is in my voice and in my invocation so I'll do almost like a guided meditation where I call in the spirits to come and be present and work with us and then I kind of lead the client through um really honestly whatever feels like it's it's so intuitive that I just whatever that person needs in that moment we begin to circulate through that and since my basis was in traditional reiki which follows like a very specific template of going down like the glands and the chakra systems of the body um i will then use if anyone's had like an energy session it's very hands-on the hands don't have to be on the body like in light touch in order to be effective it can be simply like a intentional clearing a sweeping of the aura exactly they say like a hovering above the body but for me um a lot of the time is spent actually touching the body because for me it's just so palpable and you know you're kind of taught like oh it's more effective if you begin out and then come in it matters which body you're working on but that's all so like physical like if I intend for it to be in all layers of the being and all parts like it simply is like that's just how I work now I completely understand the power of intention and belief and you know those higher just resources that we have where it's so powerful the moment someone declares I want to have an energy healing session this is something that I want to commit to doing for myself it already begins you know you already open yourself up you already declare to the universe like I want improvement I want change I want a new way of operating and I want to like give this to myself and anyone coming in for an energy healing is going to be very open because it's not like going to the doctor and like it's such a new much more embraced concept in our world definitely not you know in eastern sure eastern medicine but yeah it's going to be about you know, anywhere between 45 to 75 minutes of time that we spend completely dedicated to that being and what they feel like they would love to move through in their life. And I'm just simply there as a guide to speak with them, offer, you know, support, listen, and 
encourage, which is the most important thing. I feel like for people just feeling encouragement and faith rather than feeling like isolated in what they're going through. And then, um, actually doing the energy work session is really powerful because it allows us to be quantum and to, you know, go into these other spaces where, I mean, how do we even put language on that, you know, <laughs> where true healing, you know, comes forward. Cause I do believe in there the presence no of, that, yeah, there, there isn't, there isn't. And that's why I'm um, just experiencing it is really special my first time I had been so deep into feeling like oh yeah it's so real I believe in like the chakras and energy and all this stuff deep earlier in my spiritual journey and I was really into Reiki but I'd never had it before and it wasn't like every time you experience it for the first time you're just like whoa like it really just kind of it just blew my mind I was getting a massage and this woman I had seen that there was like a whole like energy anatomy poster on the wall and I was like oh that's so cool I'm really like into that right now and she's like oh have you ever had Reiki and I was like no but I'm really curious about it I'd like to maybe study it one day and um she was like oh okay well I also do energy work so I can like just kind of incorporate it real quick and I remember being like okay like you know how do you even like what do you just like turn on a light switch like how do you I didn't even get that but I was like okay sure I'm open to it and like my eyes were closed Turn and on in my that moment switch. right <laughs> I like well, that. yeah it's kind of well because it's a very I get it when you're reading if you google Reiki or energy it just sounds so ridiculous like I get it I get that space of being like what even is this I don't understand it's beyond you know our mental kind of understanding of logic and literally within that moment she was like sure I'll begin I felt like this just heat blast on my body and I like opened my eyes so quickly because I was like what the hell was that I thought she literally was messing with me and had like a heater that she had like pulled out with like a cord and was just like hovering it over my body and nothing was there it was only her hands and I was even a believer but that was really when I realized I kind of wasn't a believer and I had to like fully experience it because my mind could not explain what was happening and I was like that was just like day one then of like okay I really really believe and then even in my own Reiki training when we had our master class and we were doing attunements which is like a way of sharing the knowledge and it's like a ceremony to really honor the lineage of where you know Japanese energy healing comes from which is Reiki I remember I was drawing these symbols like into the air in front of the person sitting in the chair in front of me and their eyes were closed it was like a dark room and as I was pushing like about this distance like a whole person between us distance as I was pushing these symbols and currents like into the air towards them they would sway back and like respond even with their eyes closed at this really subtle level to the movements that I was making with my hands without even touching them and I just was like holy shit like mm. this is the world that we live in we are always interacting on this level way beyond what we can imagine and I mean all a lot of different cultures have always known that once you get into martial arts and like oh my god it goes it goes so deep like our ability to with mind and with energy harnessing our ability to actually move the physical you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. so <laughs> you said what does an energy work session look like with you i guess you just have to you just have to find out because i got i got a lot so to how would it. how would somebody find you or get 
um, in touch with you should they have a question about something we talked about or maybe want to book a session with you how can they find you yes so definitely just reach out to me online I have a website which is www.roots like tree roots and resin.com so r-o-o-t-s-a-n-d r-e-s-i-n dot com roots and resin is my website and then I also have Instagram, which is Marigold, M-E-R-R-I-G-O-L-D, with an underscore. And you can definitely just reach out to me, send a message, even say you listened to this and something interested you, you'd be curious and hopping on a call with me to even see what a session would be like, then go ahead and reach out through there and I would just love to talk with you. And even though you're based in Portland, you're not limited to the Portland area so no not at all I have clients that I work with online with coaching where we do packages together and stay tuned to my website because I'm going to be offering a group coaching circle too which is a really great more inexpensive way to work with me without necessarily wanting or needing that one-on-one attention so that's going to be beautiful as well it's going to be all about kind of that empathic nature that we talked about and how to not absorb all of these thoughts and forms and opinions of the outside world and how to really truly have our ground and come within our inner power rather than be swayed by what's going on externally which is a huge gift of what people need right now to not be swayed by like current events and what's going on and really step into their inner creative mode so if that's something that interests you if you feel like you definitely get like whirlwinded and you just get totally blown around like a tree among things going on in the events in your lives and that just means you're deeply empathic and you really need some support with getting those sturdy kind of roots so that's something I will be offering as well starting in March so I would love to connect with all of you guys feel free to contact me or reach out to Anna and we would both love to help you out with whatever and we will be collaborating on something soon we're talking about which I'm excited about but no specific details just yet no deets it's kind of surprise (laughs) yes yes, but thank you for having me can you oh of course can you share that amazing mantra that you shared are you open to sharing that amazing mantra yes yes it's been my own personal mantra and i would love to share oh yeah that's a drum roll yeah Yeah, give me a bowl (laughs) here we go um, it's not- we're we're trying to get her to yeah <laughs> do a singing bowl. So it is the mantra of higher vision, higher sight, inner guidance, inner light. Which means that we can always have that higher lens of possibility, the higher lens of vision and belief in all the beautiful things that we can create in this world and we do that by tapping into our inner self where all answers are found and through collaborating from that space within so higher Mm. vision higher sight inner guidance inner light it's all within baby very beautiful that wisdom that innate wisdom is within you beautiful beautiful being of light angel of light thank you so much for sharing with us today anything else you'd like to add that we didn't think about 
Uh, no, nope, just if you live in the Pacific Northwest, make sure you're getting vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I got. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lauren. You're, you're amazing. You're welcome. You're amazing. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.